It's coffee. It's comics. It's music. It's nerds on coffee. Is that coffee good? It's pretty good. Yeah, it's the um, uh, Ethiopian like light roast blend. Apparently Hugh Jackman is affiliated with it. So there we go. I'm going to try it. Welcome everyone. I don't think I don't think uh, Kyle knows how to say hi, mm. but um, he just tried some coffee. And before the Keurig, a yeah. Keurig, yes. Yeah, yeah. So my wife loves coffee, and she's—I don't think she would consider herself to be a coffee snob because she definitely Fishinato. is more relaxed about it. But yeah, but she she really appreciates good coffee. How do you feel about that Keurig? She tries to get good coffee. I actually like this. I think it's good. It's better than Starbucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than other than that, it's I mean, most black coffee so far that I've had has all tasted r- almost the same. But I'm drinking enough of it now to where I can start to pick up like little differences in uh, in the in the blends or the how it's roasted or whatever. So um, so I think I think uh, first off, hello the world. Hi, everybody. Um, before we get into anything, I just I hope everyone has recovered from that mental onslaught <laughs> of last episode. <laughs> I think we're starting a little slow right now because we're a little nervous that no one's listening anymore. Like, but again, we're, we're also excited that everyone's listening now because I mean, mm. Kyle, we we looked at the mix on that last episode. I think right when we ended the episode, me and you were like, well, we probably spent like 30, 40 minutes on that conspiracy. Then we realized that we spent about 75 minutes on it. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, I slept well that night. It was great. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I And here's why. I had all this ridiculous information floating around in my head about this conspiracy theory and I went to bed and had these really really weird dreams about a lot of what we were talking about and that usually doesn't happen to me my brain is usually not that obvious about my dreams like because it's not because it's not like oh I'll watch a movie and then I'll go to bed and then that night I'll dream about that movie it's not usually like that for me um but the reptilians got you but a hundred percent yeah they're starting their um inceptive onslaught on my psyche <laughs> to try and convert me. And, and, and I mean, I, I don't want to spend really any of this episode talking about reptilians. No. But <laughs> with that being said, after last episode, <laughs> off camera, you and your friends blew my mind about this Denver airport conspiracy, which which yeah. I am so fascinated about. I'd never heard about it. Yeah, which and- is just as surprising to me as it was to you that I'd never <laughs> heard of the fucking reptoid thing. Like, <laughs> and, and and I was like, we got we got to start this podcast talking about this Denver airport thing. And lo and behold, you find an article. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and I'm, I'm just going to let you go. Well, I fly through the Denver airport a lot. Same. Because, yeah, so coming from L.A., if you fly southwest to any major city, you're going to have to connect somewhere um and so when especially living in texas you know flying out you'd connect through the denver airport a lot if you were going west but uh sorry hang on i gotta i'm gonna adjust this thing on my mic all right so 
the Denver airport conspiracy theories aren't new to me because I found out about them several years ago. And then I started traveling more and more through that airport and kind of seeing what a lot of people were talking about. And the first thing that pops out to you is all the art whenever you walk through. It's got really weird art on the walls, um, like paintings. Uh, one of them is... Uh, yeah, the circus tent, which I've actually seen. Um, it's a yeah. I mean, say so I'm on this. Uh, I'm on this website called RationalWiki.org, and so take the legitimacy of this website. Um, it is a as, .org though. Yeah, no, as, with a grain of salt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like they don't have to pay for the hosting, so who knows? Um, yeah. So I just. So Rational Wiki is just Wikipedia, but for conspiracy theories, and so um, I see the I see the conundrum <laughs> in that statement. Oh, dude, there's another painting in here um, called Hang on, hang on. There's one of like a giant dictator, and then there's a uh, and then there's a sculpture of the blue horse, and the official name is Blue Mustang, but it's 32 feet tall. And the article says that it's very anatomically correct. <laughs> and so <laughs> whatever kind of horse dick proportionally that exists at a 32-foot-tall 32, 32 horse, that's what you're going to get whenever you go to the Denver airport. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> the thing under the photo said, if you thought the horse was spooky, don't look between its legs. I mean, okay. if you're going to go through that trouble to, you know, to, and I'm going to be very, uh, very specific with my words here. If you're going to erect a statue of that size, go do the whole thing. So, like, do the whole thing. Um, yeah, so anyway, there's a bunch of weird art, but the main the main points of this, um, like, m most of the theories surrounding the airport commonly claim that the uh, Denver airport is a new secret headquarters or a compound used by the Illuminati, New World Order, neo-Nazis, or reptoids. Uh, the claims are usually based on an alleged swastika shape that the runways and taxiways make when, they seem, when they're seen from the air, as well as murals, sculptures, and other engravings claimed to be secret code or quote-unquote alien language. So basically this is plot of Agents of Sealed Season 3, yeah. <laughs> where the agents are really Hydra. Uh, I mean, look at the runway plot. Like, it's... It's not far-fetched, because a lot of conspiracy theories, to me... Oh, wow, that does kind of look like a swastika. That's what I'm saying. So a lot, huh. of, a lot of these theories and a lot of the things that these people claim, once I actually look into it and I look at what they're talking about, I'm like, that's such a stretch. You've got to connect so many different dots to get to this ridiculous conclusion and all of these different, like variables that go into your theory are all contingent on this like really like fragile argument that like everything has to fit together perfectly but that looks like a fucking swastika like <laughs> for sure but, but here's the other here's the other side of that people are just dumb people are dumb man right so like they might have myself built included that. oh my god they might have yeah. built that and not even realized let me tell you a quick story mr parent yeah probably I went to the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. We have the tallest library in the world at 27 stories tall. That's a lot of stories. For a library. Yeah. The top three floors don't have books in them. Mm. Because the architects 
didn't account, oh, they didn't account for, for all the weight, weight. Yeah. of the books I've heard, in a library. Yeah, I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of stories like that actually of, of you know, and so I think one there's uh, So it's very feasible that they made a runway and then looked at it from the <laughs> sky and was like, and like oh whoops. shit. Don't tell anybody about this gym. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it it's almost easier to think people did something because they're an idiot. More so than they did it because they were evil. Oh, that is way more believable. Way more believable. <laughs> Even if they're evil, there's still probably some some aspect of a moron. Actually, I, I actually honestly, I actually tend to believe that the more um, evil and calculated and manipulative and diabolical a person is, the more intelligent they are. I 100% agree. Yeah, because it's, it's stupid people can't do stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and, and it takes a level of intelligence and understanding of the world to be that disconnected. Like, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like, as don't take this the wrong way, everyone, but, like, the notion of love and camaraderie and care is a very... You don't need to be intelligent to grasp those. No, you really but you don't. you need mean. to be intelligent to be very self-important and you need to be intelligent to a, to a certain extent. To a certain degree. To be able to understand why you think you can do something of that magnitude. Most serial killers are uh, score off the off the scale on yeah. IQ tests. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we just were talking about Ted Bundy and that guy was really smart. So a lot of these people are extremely intelligent, but yeah, they also tend to isolate themselves a lot. So, um, the, yeah, the Denver airport conspiracy that's, so that was like the, um, like the cliff notes on it. Uh, there's some other, there's some other facts about it that if you guys want to look them up on your own and, and read about them, there's a lot of details here. But basically, um, basically what happened is that the Denver airport existed and then they made a bunch of renovations and they were uh, building a lot of shit underground and, the, and they're like way over budget. There's a lot, they're like multiple contractors. There's lots of insane, um, you know, just legitimate facts about how obscure it was that they were doing these certain types of projects at this airport. And then, then that the general public still doesn't really see it. And so a lot of the more, uh, legitimate claims are that it's like for, for, um, you know, political purposes or military purposes, or it's for, um, you know, there's like, you know, bunkers underneath there and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, and so it's like, there's some like legit, like, okay, well, there's, you know, probably a use for things like that. I tend to believe because it's fun that it's an extension of, uh, area 51 because it's one state oh, away. That's really yeah. Cause it's, it's one state away from New Mexico and it would make sense that, that, uh, that international airport, um, would be a perfect place for the military and the government to bring things in and out of that facility and then just truck it to, uh, area 51. So, which I mean, you also have to believe that area 51 exists well, for that. Well, no, but, <laughs> well, but I think area 51 is confirmed at this point. Yeah. 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 Right. That, I that, never, that's a confirmed place. I never know for sure. And so sometimes I'm just like, Oh, maybe I'm saying something that's not right, which is probably true most of the time. But, but if you uh, say it with enough confidence, then it sounds real. 
The Denver International Airport is a direct link to Area 51 by means of secret government and military transportation. I believe you. Period. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's an interesting thing. Um, it's called the Shattered Windshields Incident. Um, this, is about, this is still about the Denver Airport. Uh some cl- <laughs> obviously what the fuck else have we mentioned so far um some claim that in 2007 14 commercial aircraft spontaneously shattered windshields as the presumed result of electromagnetic pulses First, one must ignore what an electromagnetic pulse or EMP actually is and does. The pulses themselves can only affect electronic items and cannot damage glass or plastic. The only way the glass shattering could be linked to an EMP is if the pulse was caused by a nuclear explosion and the materials were hit by the blast and heat effects. If this happened, uh, it would have turned the entire airport into radioactive slag, not just shatter a few windows. The investigation concluded it was high winds, grit, and cold temperatures. Nine of the 14 planes had just tried to take off or just landed one had taken off and four were at the gate um denver has high winds uh and an arid plateau climate with lots of rocks crack windshields are also very common for cars in the denver area as well much to the delight of everyone um how could yeah so i mean obviously in just that paragraph they immediately were like this is fucking ridiculous there's no way that this is physically possible but i'm going to continue to to harp on that like how could someone believe that like an EMP could shatter a window I'm gonna other than what and, they and said don't, could don't, happen here don't don't edit out my long pause <laughs> I don't I, um, I've gotten really lazy editing lately so I don't <laughs> I, I, I Joe Rogan has an amazing bit on one of his new specials I forget which one it is mm. but he he goes I think we can all safely say that there is one idiot per every hundred people. If you walked into a room of a hundred people, you're at least seeing one idiot. Oh yeah, right. I, I think that's. All, I think that's being conservative. That's being super conservative, right? Um. With that being said, if you use that and scale it to this country, that's how people believe in EMP. Shatter yeah, windshield. that's true. I mean, and what if there are almost like 400 million people in this country yeah, or so something like, like that? 4.6 million people at one in a hundred. <laughs> that's like ridiculous. I'm not going to edit out my pause either because that's insane. But I think, again, that that's being conservative. And I think that that number or at least that ratio would go up the more people are are together. And so it's like, you could probably say that like one in every 100 person is just a complete fucking moron. But if there are 100 people in a room and the moron starts to speak louder than everybody else, which they usually do, they're going to gain some traction and you're going to get more morons. Like that's the sheep mentality. Like that's this mob mentality. I mean, like that's just, that blows me away. So yeah, I, I I think I think it's possible, but yeah, for for all of our listeners, you gotta look into these conspiracies, and we'll we'll continue <laughs> to look through other things that we think are hilarious, and start doing some more conspiracies. I think uh, it's really fun to talk about. I, I think they're amazing. I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about uh, some upcoming uh, movies. Why don't you uh, open up it. that uh, that Rotten Tomatoes and let's play uh, let's play a little game of this or that. Yep, you're better at hosting that than I am. Oh wow. So. Wow, I'm so I feel so honored. Um, so before we actually play it, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk quickly about Aquaman. I saw it last night. Okay, I need to watch it. 
It's actually really good. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard. It's actually it's... objective. I mean, th- there's a couple of scenes that you're like, "Ugh, what the fuck are you doing?" But, <laughs> but, yeah. but overall, it's really strong. And honestly, I think the post, I think the marketing tools didn't do it justice. Interesting. I thought the posters like made him feel too one dimensional, like very yeah. like uh, broad man this, but he's like fucking hilarious. Like they nailed his voice. Dude, that's great. That's really funny. That's great. I uh, highly, highly suggest well, it. Jason Momoa is a pretty funny dude, too. Yeah, I mean, even funny. in the even in the limited it, time you see him and through the other DC movies, totally. like he's he's got good lines. Like, yeah, there, there was a really funny one where like you thought that like he was about to like um have to fight a bunch of uh, biker guys from a bar. Mm-hmm. Uh because like they're like, You're that Aquaman dude. Oh yeah. He's like, Yeah. And you see them like getting like ready. And then like the big biker dude takes out like a pink phone. It's like, Can I get a selfie with you? Uh <laughs> it's really, it's really funny. I love it. It's really, really funny. Um, You're that Aquaman dude. And Nicole Kidman plays his mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, I like Nicole Kidman. Um, but with that being said, let's go Velvet Buzzsaw or Arctic. And I do not know either of those two. <laughs> Me neither, dude. <laughs> We're well, going to have to watch some trailers on that. So, so ooh. Ooh, uh, the, look, this velvet buzzsaw just looks pretty. Um, just the the preview image makes me excited. Oh, cool! Let, let, we're gonna we're gonna pause here. Snap. Yeah, we're gonna watch the trailer, and then we're gonna come back as if we never took this break. Uh so, so you haven't even watched the second movie yet. No, already this one looks way better. Um, dude, it looks. Velvet Buzzsaw, Jake Gyllenhaal, John Malkovich. Yeah. About an art dealer whose art is possessed. Oh, uh, Toni Collette. Yeah, she's, um, she's the mom in The Sixth Sense. And she's also in, she's also in, uh, Hereditary. Um, dude, that looks really good. If you haven't, uh, check out the trailer for Velvet Buzzsaw yet, check it out. Um, you go, you want to keep on with this or that? Um, yeah, so then the, the other movie besides Velvet Buzzsaw there that we were looking at was this movie called Arctic, which I don't even know what this is about. It's about the Arctic. I guess that makes sense. Um, but this one looks pretty cool. Um, how do we, cool, yeah, I think I'd want to see this. Uh, I don't really care enough, though, to watch the preview of this yeah. one. Um, so let's go back to this or that. Escape room or glass? Wait. I saw glass. Did you see escape room or the preview? Yeah. They equally look pretty bad. That's yeah. Why I, that's why I put them together. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, I was really disappointed in glass. Um, yeah. So having seen glass, not that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll yeah. go with Escape Room. Have you seen the previews for A Dog's Way Home? I won't watch. But have any... you seen the preview for it? Yes, it looks really bad. I will not watch any animal movie like that ever again since Homeward Bound. Ha ha! Because like, I just refuse to have like my emotions played with. With like an animal, it's just not gonna. Um, it's not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna watch it. So no to whatever that is, and then by default the other movie wins. 
<laughs> Have you seen the previews for the kid who would be king? Yeah, that looks, looks really, really good. Really good. <laughs> looks really good. Yeah. <laughs> for all of you that don't know, it is an incredibly peculiar take on King Arthur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it just looks amazing. It looks, yeah, it looks really good. Like special effects look good in it. Like it's definitely at least worth seeing. Have you, yeah. um, have you seen any of the previews or information coming out about Agents of Shield season seven? No, because I never really watched Agents of Shield. I because it, it's gotten so good. I feel well. I believe that it's probably a really great show, and especially for someone who's as into Marvel as I am, I feel like it's right in my alley. But at the time when the show launched was right after they killed Agent Coulson in the MCU, and then he shows up in this TV show, and I was like, hold on, this is weird for me. Like, No, 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 but it's really great. No, yeah, no, I know, I know. Do you I'm know just, the storyline? No. He didn't well, die. Yeah, that makes it, sense. I mean, and, I get it. And the Jatari um, technology is what actually uh, saved him. Uh-huh. They ha- uh, that it, makes sense. S.H.I.E.L.D. had a... Um, so they explain it. They, like, explain their way out of it, and then they made a great show. Like, Oh, they don't just explain their way out. It's like the main story arc for the first three seasons. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I'll have to start watching it. I think that was like my main gripe because without really knowing that going into it, I was just like, well, he died in the movie and then like he's in a TV show now. Why am I going to watch this TV show? Because it's weird for me with the character crossover. And so the um, I'm looking at I haven't watched the preview and I've never heard of it, but it looks interesting. It's called The Fifth Path. Uh, can't speak today. Uh, fifth Passenger. The The art for it is just what like really gets me. Oh, cool. Another space movie. Um, But, yeah, another... You're like, oh, Jesus, here we go. <laughs> another space movie. But it looks it looks pretty interesting to me. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna actually pause this real quick. Bop. And I'm going to want to watch this. <laughs> and then talk about it. Okay, we can pop now. All right, it's... So we just watched the preview for The Fifth Passenger, and it looks pretty lame. Yeah, um, it looks pretty bad. It looks like some weird take on Event Horizon. Meets life. Meets life, yeah. The Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds movie. Like, it's weird. Yeah. And f- Okay, so just as a side note, can we s- just as an industry stop using like the, the space font? Now, like, can we stop, like, the big, like, the rounded edges and then, like, the double-lined letters with no filler in the middle of it? Like, can we just stop using the space font? Like, this just, it's, like, becoming, to me, like, the Comic Sans MS of fucking movie trailers. And so it's, like, really annoying. Um, Have you watched First Man? No, I've heard it's really good. I actually heard it's really good. I'm yeah. gonna watch it. Well, it's got eighty. It. It's got eighty-eight percent. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about it before. Uh, let's talk about it next episode. Yeah, let's watch it. Um, yeah, I'm down. We uh, should we should do an episode where we're watching the movie. Oh, like Mystery Science Theater three thousand kind of. I don't even know what that is. What? Talk to me. <laughs> You're like so ingrained in the sci-fi world you don't know what <laughs> this like OG show called Mystery Science Theater 3000 where they would play movies on the sci-fi channel and then this like uh, guy and then this robot and this alien would all you could see their silhouettes in the front row and they would just uh, 
make comments and 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 poke fun at the movie the whole time and and talk through it. So they can they we say, legally do that? Oh, we can watch a movie and talk on air about the movie. That's but fine. we can't do a video of that. We can do a video of that. That's you just described the entire platform of Twitch, and so it's like, yeah, we can do that. Right, but that's streaming, not I, because I like, for instance, like on YouTube, like we that that's like copyright information. No, just oh, I I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying now. Um, we could talk about it on the podcast, but I don't know if we could do it on a video. You oh look yeah, into that. I get to it. Well, we might not even be able to do it with audio, depending on the movie and the rights with it. But or we can just wait till they like ask for the takedown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my goal is that we get big enough to be on the radar of a film network to where they come after us. I, so. I think that's the move. Yeah. Um, no mystery science three thousand. Mystery science theater three thousands hilarious. I used to watch it all the time as a kid. They just played sci fi movies, and then they the way that they made it look was they made it look like you were in a movie theater because like the whole black the whole bottom part of the screen mm-hmm. was just like a black bar, and mm-hmm. then they had the movie above it and then you see the silhouettes of these characters in the bottom corner and they're just talking yeah. shit about the, and they're just like it's dude it's really funny I love it I think what we should do is we'll start doing one episode a month where we throw a movie on here we mm. line it up so that people can start their movie at the same time oh yeah and we're just giving good. commentary that's a good that's a good well, one guys we just invented a new form for this podcast well Post about it ahead of time, let everyone know, and then. But we'll we'll do it. Th- we'll do it this month before we all leave. Maybe yeah. like next week we'll do the first one. Dude, I'm super into it. Cool. Uh, I don't want to rely on streaming or Wi-Fi though, because if someone has to buffer, like it would, I would rather no, we'll just, download like, it. Download it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta download. Well, let's start. Let's make it with movies that you can download off of Netflix. So then I can just like be like, hey, go to Netflix, download this, turn your Wi-Fi off, and let's watch it. So there's no interruptions. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, yeah, the first episode will be three days long. <laughs> um, um, we'll look at we'll look at some movie options and uh, throw it up on Instagram for what you guys think. Yeah, um, um, cool. Let's see. Um, what, what's up in music? Talk to me. Uh, how do you feel now? A few more days out from uh, your world being turned upside down. Yeah. So music's cool. Uh, Logan actually just announced um, the tour that he's doing in April and oh, May. Oh, uh, are we allowed to talk about that now? It's on Instagram, so I. Oh shit! So, someone really fucked up for not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> no, we are, we are. Yeah, no, it's really great. Um, Jake Miller and his team have worked really closely with us to be able to figure out how and where, and what a tour together could look like. And after a lot of people put a lot of hours and a lot of work into it, we were able to make it happen. And now, uh, Jake and Logan are going on a twenty-two city tour date. Um, is it April and May? Yeah, it's so April like, and May. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be pretty exciting. We have a big show here in LA at the El Rey, at the El Rey and yeah. we have a big show in New York at Irving Plaza. And um, this episode will probably uh, air sometime in the end of February. Mm. So I'm going to say it right now because I've already gotten it approved. Uh, we're going to give away two tickets, uh, one to the New York show and one pair to the L.A. show yeah. here on Nerds on Coffee. Uh, you have to go on our Instagram, comment on a picture, tell us what you loved about the series, and we'll pick a lucky fan who lives in New York or in L.A. to uh, enjoy that show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and to meet Kyle. And to meet Kyle. Yeah, because Kyle is the um, real star of the show. He, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um <laughs> 
No, it'll be fun. Um, yeah, so we'll be we'll be there. I'll obviously be on stage with Logan. Um, shredding the shred. Shredding. Uh, miming. Miming. I'll, everything's in the tracks. I don't play. <laughs> I don't play a single note, man. It's all fake. Uh, don't tell don't tell our fans they're all idiots. <laughs> They'll believe you. Yeah, no, that's not true. There's there are definitely things layered in the tracks to fill out our show, but we have I actually play, Logan actually sings. Um Well, I knew Logan sings, but do you actually play? Or is that like a robot out on stage? Oh yeah, no. Okay, so <laughs> There is a guitar actually being played on stage. Whether it's me or not is up for debate. Um, so, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, music's cool. I mean, like, I've been trying to uh, get into some new bands. I was recently turned on to this band get called... Get into new bands, like, play for them or, like, listen to them? No. Well, I mean, I won't ever, like, I'll rarely turn down work. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, my my career motto from day one has just been give me money and I'll do shit for you. Oh, um, really? Yeah. It's like a, at least a, a decade old at this point. And so, um, no, I've been trying to get into listening to some new artists and uh, Starly and I just did this uh, big Australian festival called Holy Green Fest in Brisbane. And it was fantastic. Went really well. Some of Hollywood's biggest Oops. star. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it was cool. It went really well. I would actually like to, um, you know, you know, speak highly of the people that put the festival together because it was really well organized and they did a really great job of taking care of everyone and they were just super, super on it. Um, it's always good to hear. It was very good to hear. So they, um, their team is very, very well put together and they, they've, they put the festival together in a really great way. So it was all Australian artists and artists from New Zealand for, for this one. And I was turned on to this new band called client liaison and they've been around for a few years and some people may have heard of him, but I think that they're still bigger overseas, but dude, they're awesome. Very, very eighties, like synth pop, like, um, pretty heavy prints, David Bowie influences, um, a little bit of, I would say like a Chromio influence, Ooh, you know? So it's okay, like, okay. yeah, dude, it's awesome. So client liaison is my new kind of band that I like latched onto, at least new to me that I really like. So, um, Australia was cool though. We didn't really talk a lot about, uh, the trip when I was, we're on last episode. Um, I wanted to say that we got there like a couple of days early um, and the day before the festival, we went to the beach uh, because as some of you may or may not know, the the beaches in LA are, are, are pretty and, and fun to go to, but the water is like really cold and not fun to be in. So it's nice being somewhere where you can actually get in the ocean and swim and it's enjoyable and stay in the water and it's warm. So we went to this first beach uh, which was a, a much more well-known beach in Brisbane. And they had like the warning flags out when we got there and they weren't letting anybody into the water because they had um, like this flare up of uh, blue bottles, which apparently are small jellyfish. So there were like thousands upon thousands of these little 
jellyfish um, that were washing up all along the shore. And they were like, if you go in the water, you're 1,000% going to get stung. It's not a fatal thing, but depending on the size, it can be pretty painful uh, and take, you know, a few days to heal. So we get there and we're like, damn, this really sucks. We go out onto the beach. Starley and I just refuse to accept that we can't get in the water. And so we probably walk a half a mile down the beach just trying to find somewhere where they're not washing up and they're just everywhere. So, <laughs> so, so Starly, so, and I'm telling dude, there's so there's so many on the beach that when you're walking, you can't look up from the sand. You have to keep your head down at your feet the entire time because you will step on one. There, that's how many of them there were. It was bananas. Did you step on one? No, I didn't. But Starly, so you were the outlier. I was the outlier. Starly was walking, and a li- she was walking to where like one foot of the water would kind of like wash up onto her feet. And then within 30 seconds of being there, she got stung uh, by one. And she was like, it hurt pretty bad. But within a couple of hours, it was already to the point where it was like tolerable and it wasn't that big of a deal. But there's like a little red line, you know, like I've never been stung by a jellyfish before. And the funny thing about yeah, it is, is that, I yeah, did, I had one. So it was horrible. Dude. Yeah. I won't go in the ocean anymore without a wetsuit now because of it. I'm already to the point of basically not going in the ocean without a wetsuit just because I'm terrified of everything anyway. But I actually made a, <laughs> I actually made a comment to Starly. I was like, uh, I was like, you know. I'm not going to – I'm kind of afraid to get in the water because I don't want to get stung by a box jellyfish and die. And she was like, that's not going to happen or whatever, which obviously she was right because the chances of that happening happening are very rare. But then we get to the beach and they have a jellyfish warning out. And so I just thought it was really funny. So we ended up going to this other beach about 10, 15 minutes away uh, that was kind of in the middle of nowhere. You had to go – you had to drive through a little bit of like wilderness to get there. And it's a really small beach and it's a dog beach. And it was awesome and got right in the water, swam all afternoon. It was great. The caveat, though, was that they didn't have a net out in the water at that beach, though. So there was nothing keeping from, like, sharks or anything, like, coming up um, if, if that was going to happen. You know, again, that's not likely. Why um, is it not likely? It's just not – It just, I mean, as terrified as I am of sharks in the ocean. Is there a 1% chance? I mean – probably a 0.01, 0.05% chance. More than I want to give up. Uh, me too. So I bullet down to, I talk about this a lot, and if you... Um, Zero, one rule. Exactly. That's it's my thing. 50-50 to me. It either is or isn't going to happen. <laughs> because you don't have any control over it, you don't know. And the chances totally. of someone getting attacked by a shark who did get attacked by a shark were fucking 100%. So... Uh, yeah. Can and then, it or can it not happen? Exactly. If it can happen... I'm out. A hundred percent. That's exactly how I feel about it. But I was able to power through. Um, You're brave. You're if, brave I been, if I'd have been the only one in the water, I wouldn't have done it. Were, <laughs> so you conformed. You were the sheep. No, I conformed. No, <laughs> so I you was, just became one of the dumb people in the room, going back to the early conversations. No, because here's why. <laughs> My plan was to get in and always be a few feet closer to the shore than everyone else that was around there. And if I saw something, sacrifice somebody else to get myself back <laughs> to the beach. Uh, so that's like my escape route is basically to throw someone else at a giant fish with teeth. Um, I think that's great. Now it was cool. It ended up being really fun. And yeah. Well, and I also learned that most of the shark attacks that happen in Australia happen in Perth. So, and that's like on the opposite end of the 
continent. So yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't too worried about it. So that's cool. I want to bring it back to Marvel. Let's do it. So I was doing a little research here, and it's funny. Um, I didn't know this, but I guess a lot of companies, DC, Sony through Marvel, etc., have tried to woo Jake Gyllenhaal in the past uh, to play superheroes. Sure. At one point, I don't know if you know this, but he was going to uh, take over for Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man Yeah, 2. we talked about that. Right. And, and Tobey Maguire was like, ah. Uh-uh. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, went yeah. all crazy on sure, it. Sure, yeah. But basically, at Sundance Music Festival the other day, um, um, Jake Gyllenhaal said this um, uh, in in response to him being asked, why now? My response has always been, particularly since being at Sundance, so many of the stories are character-driven, and that has always been my desire, to find something in that space that seemed to match my skill and also what... What I love and my own honesty, and it just so happened that this does with that part both pieces. So I'm glad and I feel excited. That's cool. Basically, what I'm hearing there is <laughs> I was waiting for Marvel to call me. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't gonna do a DC movie and I wasn't gonna do a Sony Marvel movie. Yeah, uh, and now this is a Marvel Sony movie. It's different. It's, yeah, it's different. different. It's not a Sony Marvel movie. It's a Marvel yeah. Sony movie. Yeah, and um. I mean, the, the artwork says Marvel Studios, so, you know, it is it is straight. Yeah, is, I mean, there's a difference between being a feature on Eminem's record and fucking being Eminem. Totally. Big difference. Yeah. Venom is a feature. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> it is. And that, so Venom, I feel like, is a perfect example of a movie that you have a character that from my earliest memories, I've always loved as a villain. I've always loved Venom. Well, he's, an anti, he's an anti-hero. He's not necessarily a villain. Yeah, it's a gray area. We, it's trendy. The anti-hero thing is trendy right now, and people like the fact that it's like this, like, like, you know, morally ambiguous being that like could be capable of a lot. Kind of comes around and floats in and out, and is a badass, and it's really fun because we also like to root for that. And so, like, I get it, but let's not forget that Venom. In the movie and also through entire history in the comics, fucking murders a lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of people. So, yeah, you can kind of be an anti-hero if you kind of come around and you're like, oh, well, okay, now I'm only going to kill bad people or whatever. But it's like you wouldn't give that same grace to like a serial killer. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know what I mean? And so it's just you're not really an anti-hero. You're just a murderer that was allowed to stay out of jail. Like, that's basically <laughs> what's going on. And so, but I really love Tom Hardy as an actor. I really hope they they, they, they cross it over. I, uh, they have to. Yeah, I don't know. It just didn't, just Venom was just, it wasn't quite as... Venom doesn't work without Spider-Man. Enjoying, yeah, no, for sure. Eddie Brock's entire existence is based around his fucking fuming hatred for Peter Parker. So I just, I don't know. Venom just wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Wasn't as enjoyable as I wanted it to be. Well, because I they, still liked it, but, you know. Well, because they try to turn him into something he's not. Yeah, and especially if you're going to do that and have that tar- type of a... like. If you're going to have that aggressive of a character arc and evolution, you should not be attempting to do that in one movie. 
and they did. Like Venom came full circle in two hours. Yeah, like that's no, too much. Like from being uh, introduced next. Yeah, from being introduced as a species to being the lovable only only eats bad guys at the end of the movie. That's and and the timeline in the movie wasn't even very long. No, so, so it was bullshit. So that was my gripe about it. I thought the acting was great. Like, I liked the CGI. I liked how it was shot and edited. You know what I mean? So, like, all of the mechanics of the movie, I thought, were done well. Just the story wasn't as strong as it could have been. So, Well, we can only hope that Far From Home hits all the hits all the, the, the key pieces. I really hope uh, Hall's Mysterio is, is going to be a longstanding villain. In the MCU, I yeah, I, I, I hope, hope they so don't. Too. I hope they don't just one off movie kill them. It, it, it is the shame of like, uh, Hela they do that. and they do that a lot. And Warmonger. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm still not over the fact that they killed off Hela in one movie and Warmonger. Yeah, and dude, he uh, Killmonger, Killmonger, Black Panther. Yeah, sorry, Black sorry. Panther, Killmonger. Yeah, yeah. So, well, a lot of the. I mean, like, uh, well, first off, Ultron, Killmonger like, was all these dead movies. for sure. But yeah. Hella might not be dead. That's true. And I've been thinking about that. I've been holding on to that of just like, we didn't actually see her die. Right, I mean, if she is as much of a god as you think she is, like, I feel like a couple of uh, hits by like a giant axe don't necessarily kill her. Well, she's more powerful than Thor. And she grew to be more powerful than Odin, which is why he was he damned her to hell. Right. So, uh, which, by the way, they... They they really 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 glossed over this in Thor Ragnarok wasn't even addressed. But there's a little Easter egg which you would know if you read the graphic novels. Which I'm not trying to like alienate people if they haven't read the graphic novels and be like, oh I, whatever. I, I want to know. Tell me. Yeah. No, no. No. So that's what I'm saying is I'm not trying to say is it like well if you were cool enough you'd know already. That's not what I'm trying to it say. It is at all. what he's trying to say. We're <laughs> all uncool. Uh, I'm trying to ease up a little bit. The past couple of episodes, I feel like I've gotten really aggressive towards certain people <laughs> groups, which those groups really fucking deserve it. But according to me, according to me, they deserve Allegedly. it. Allegedly. So basically in the movie, you, whenever Hela comes to Asgard and she does her initial takeover and she walks in um, like the throne room and is like, look at all these lies that Odin's been telling people. Like, let me, like, I need to talk to you about our real history. And she pulls the ceiling down in the art and it reveals all the original art that was there showing Hela as Odin's warlord. Well, it goes around having them in the center. And if you see, there's tiny, tiny little paintings all the way around the circle of Hela and Odin. And that's a really, really fast shot. It's a super fast shot. So if you're not paying attention, you're really not going to notice what those are. I was curious and I paused and I was really glad. First of all, I was upset that they didn't address this directly Mm -hmm. in the movie, but I thought it was cool that they at least had it somewhere. If you pause and you look, if if you look up there, one of the small paintings, you see uh, Hela with Mjolnir. And because Mjolnir was originally Hela's, like that was not created for Thor. That's why she could break it. Exactly. So, like everyone thinks that Mjolnir is Thor's hammer. It's not. It's Thor's hammer now that Hela right. went to hell. That, 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 that's old school. That's way old. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah. not created for the MCU. For no, 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 not at all. So they're not. It makes technically sense. he was never created anything because Stormbreaker was technically created for Beta Ray Bill. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So but the the reason is because yeah, and, I get it. and also well the reason for this and they only gloss over this, which is kind of annoying. 
also. But the reason that none of them were ever made for Thor is because his power is so strong in and of himself. Well, yeah. I mean, he's the god of thunder. Like, you're the god of thunder. Not the god of hammers. Yeah, <laughs> which is a great line. Great line. Great line delivered by Anthony Hopkins. Be like, are you Thor, the god of hammers? Like, <laughs> oh, dude, I thought that was the best thing ever. I love Ragnarok. I thought it was, to me, Ragnarok is in is in the top five of, of MCU yeah, it's releases. 100%. Top, you know, and I always do my top lists in no particular order because, like, I don't really know, um, like, what's number one or whatever. Uh... It's fine. We're not like 50 minutes or something like that. Uh, Matt and I monitor our time on the podcast because we don't want to get... Bore you. We don't want to bore you. But also, if you, for some reason, have found yourself on this episode and haven't listened to the previous one where we go on uh, what I'm calling the reptilian rant... (laughs) (laughs) That went on for two hours. You should. (laughs) That episode's fucking two hours long. And... uh, I was listening through and like, I was like, maybe I could edit some of it down. And I was like, nope, absolutely. There's not even a breath that you could find to pause. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so, amazing. But, but with that said, yeah, let, let's wrap it up. I got to go to Ikea. Oh yeah. For uh, all your homeowner needs. For all your homeowner teeth, homeowner needs. Teeds. <laughs> teeds. Teeds. So, and also if you want Swedish meatballs. For really, really, really cheap. Uh, so one of my buddies actually is Swedish. And, and he doesn't like the meatballs. No, it's the opposite. I asked him, I was like, dude, do people like go to Ikea like in Sweden just and just and like not shop and just like eat breakfast and lunch there? And he was like, oh yeah, totally. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, they do. And I was like, oh man, that's awesome. Because every now and then Amanda and I will need to go to Ikea for something and we'll go like, you know, half an hour before it opens and we'll spend $3 and get like a million pancakes and you know what I mean? And so uh, it's, dude, it's, oh, it's so it. cheap. So fun fact about this Ikea, um, the Ikea in Burbank used to be like a hundred yards away from where it is That's now. That's what I've heard. Yeah, it used to be, it, it is still very, very close to where it used to be, but they re- they they rebuilt it because this is now the largest uh, IKEA in North America. Oh wow! It's the biggest one, and it also has everything that they have online. So any online item that you find, this excuse IKEA me, has it. yeah, yeah, they'll have they'll have it, and if they're and they, and they at the very least carry it. So like, there's a chance they may be out of stock or whatever, mm-hmm. but like they at least um, order and stock and carry every item that you can find online. In I IKEA. love it. It's crazy. So have fun at Ikea. Everyone have a great uh, rest of whatever is going on that you listen to this in. And Love uh, you guys. Again, the coffee from today was uh, my house. So Keurig. It's Keurig. Better than Starbucks. Ethiopian blend. Keurig, come sponsor us because we said that you're better than Starbucks. That's right. Uh, Starbucks also come sponsor us. Let's create a bidding war. Yeah, bidding here. war. Um, now. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.